The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, it is go week as you have a show coming up here on July 22nd, 7 p.m. at the FSW Arena. It's going to be high octane, uh, new beginnings. So we're going to see a lot of championship matches and some other good stuff. How you doing going into the uh, the big show this Friday? Well, you know, we got we got so much going on. And, you know, we're, we're trying to still figure out some things. Uh, we got a women's match, either a three-way or, or a tag match. So every title's on the line. The faction's going to be there. MK's going to be there. And we're just trying to get things set for, uh, you know, survival of the fittest. Um, how much does a high-octane set up a show like that since – Survival of the fittest is, you know, a little more unique. Um, will it be setting up some of the supporting matches to the uh, the Survival of the Fittest tournament? Say that again? So Survival of the Fittest is, you know, a kind of a unique tournament style, um, you know, elimination matches to, to get to the final match. Will High Octane be setting up some of those matches and some of the supporting matches that will fill in that card? Well, you, you got to sit and watch, but the plan is, you know, there will be some Survivor Series type matches, but Survival of the Fittest doesn't just mean Survivor Series matches. You know, it, it, it could mean Iron Man, it could be Gauntlet, it could be numerous different things that somebody has to survive to win. Uh, in the past, we've done tournaments. So we've always tried to do something that was, was different. Gotcha. And do you, at this point, being that that's uh, pretty much a, eh, just around a month out, do you have an idea of what you're thinking about for that in terms of, when you look at making this card, that would potentially then feed into uh, Survival of the Fittest. I'm busy yapping a spider right now. Say that again. <laughs> it's like oh. I, 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 I can't ignore, you know, when people are asking me questions, like, oh, well, what are we doing? Uh, who's got a promo? And it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, and Spider found a way to get What's on the, the show. order. It's like, dude, I'll let you know when I got it. <laughs> would, would, would you like to tell him right now? We can. Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like when you're thinking of a, the high octane card, do you see specifically certain matches or certain guys that you want to set up for a month from now? Do you have an idea of the layout of what you're thinking for Survival of the Fittest, basically? Yeah, um, yeah, we definitely, you know, the storyboard, I guess, as you like to say, you know, certain things we, we've talked about that have uh, changed a little. Sure. But until everything's set, that could change too. You know what I mean? Right. It's like I had this great idea. And it was like, oh, okay. And then three days later, I was like, wait, ah, that ain't a great idea. I think this will work way better. <laughs> so because you got a position, you, you know, you watched the last show. You right. saw what came out of the anniversary. Okay. Obviously, Nick Xander and Clutch look like they are not finished. Right. And Nick Xander has requested a promo. So I assume it will involve Clutch. Right. You, you know what I mean? Uh, the faction, you know, they got the cash in the case. Fresco and Watson are still contenders. Ice Williams had a great performance in defeat. Right. Where does that all go? Hammerstone's going to be there. Who is he going to wrestle? Gregory Sharp just won the Nevada State Championship. You know, I've gotten calls. People want that match. You know? Sure. So we're trying to position things. We have this show in August 6th to you know, try to figure it out and, and make things work, then, you know, you also have people that aren't in ready-made feuds, and you can't just jumpstart a feud and be like, oh, okay, in two weeks you guys are going to be in a, in a death match because of this right. heated feud that started a day ago. You know what I mean? So, so then you, you don't, got guys... You don't, you don't book like AEW books. No. You know, like... <laughs> I sat down with Remy yesterday and he had some concerns and we, you know, we were discussing some things that where things can go, you know, but it's like, okay, him and Gregory Sharp have kind of ended what they're doing. Right. So now it's like, okay, well, where does he go? You know, uh, with Cal Jack not being at the anniversary show, that match should have ended what they did, but now we're doing it on this show. So right. what's going to happen for Brett the Threat at Survival of the Fittest. Right. Um, when you look at... Uh, when you look at a guy like Remy, and he's done pretty much everything that you can do in FSW, and of course, you know, he has a lot of input. Does that... Does that free him up sometimes to be in a position to work maybe some of the younger guys uh, to get them maybe a little more of an experienced opponent um, where Remy doesn't have anything to lose essentially because of the fact that he's, you know, a backbone of F FSW and he's done everything there is to do. Is that always an option with guys like Remy or even guys like uh, like Cody or, or Jacob Boston Young, where 
that important. Like, for instance, TBD facing death proof. That's a great experience for TBD in terms of growing. Is that kind of the the unwritten role for the guys who have been, you know, with the organization for a decade or so? You have to reward people who have been loyal and go out of their way and do what is necessary to be done. You know, so when you talk about, I guess you say the FSW originals, which would be Remy, Cody, Funny Bone, uh, and again, Sugar Brown is Tommy Danger also worked on that very first show. You know, you had Kenny King. Uh, but other than that, there's nobody really left from there. You know, Funny Bone does a lot of things, uh, wrestles up in Cali a lot. And at this point, we look at, at Funny Bone as a special attraction. You know, right. you got a ladder match, you got a scramble. You got some kind of crazy match involved. Hey, he's the guy to team with Cody uh, in a death match because that's just not Jacob Austin Young's forte. You know, they were the tag champions, but that wasn't what Jake wanted to do. And out of respect, I'm I'm not going to tell somebody, hey, no, you better get fucking carved up by a light tube. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like if I was him, my response would be, hey, Joe, go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? So you got to – the way to succeed and have guys want to work for you is being able to be listening to them and being aware. You know, it's funny because Jacob Boston Young, I was on the phone with him for 30 minutes today talking about some stuff. And yesterday I was with Remy. And now I'm talking with Damian Drake. And, you know, people are inquisitive because, you know, so far we haven't announced a match. Damian Drake, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, what am I doing? And Damian Drake can say, hey, I looked at the flyer. I'm not on it. You know, I'm free for the show. I want to be. And, you know, he should expect to be because he's the guy who's going to be on almost every show. Right. So he's going to question that. Now... Somebody like Kid Isaac is not going to be like, hey, what am I doing on Friday? He's just going to let me know if he's available or if he has another booking. But I will let him know. And I posted that on the student page. Like, hey, if I don't let you know, this is a booking. Let's let's, let's take that school out of it because that's what we got to do. Because... You know, you're taking a lot of our guys, you know, great for them, not so great for us. You know, they got bookings elsewhere. And sometimes we change dates. Sometimes we're not sure where we're going. And they take another booking. You know, some guys will say, hey, and I've tried to explain it to our regulars and the guys that, you know, put FSW, you know, first and out front. Like, you know, I I had talked with Brett the Thread about it. And it's like, dude, this is what you got to do. If I don't know the date in September, say, hey, I'm good. But if FSW needs me, that's my first priority. Just like Jordan Cruz did when Level Up, B-Boys promotion, changed the date and had the show. Hey, Joe, this is my home promotion. I'm involved with some stuff there. 
and I'm not going to hold it against them. Sure. You know, some people would, you know, give me a little bit of time. It's a, it wasn't like we had built up this big feud that we were doing a cage match at at Silver Nugget, and now you're blowing me off four days beforehand. You, you know what right. I mean? So it goes both ways. And I try to explain to Brett because he's a younger guy. Hey, I took the booking. Or, hey, uh, somebody's asking me about this date. And I'm like, okay, well, the way our schedule works, there's a good possibility we'd be running that Friday or Saturday. Sometimes it depends. Like, obviously, I'm going to try to get my heavyweight champion, Hammerstone, on a show. If he could do Friday and not Saturday, like yesterday, Remy's like, hey, why are you doing the Friday? I'm like, bro, we do some Fridays, we do some Saturdays. I'm pretty sure Hammerstone was able to do the Friday and not the Saturday. So, of course, I wanted to get him in because he's already booked for survival of the fittest. So we have to figure out where we're going. So, you know, everybody wants things, okay? Everybody thinks they deserve things, you know, and and that's part of the conversation. When I talk with Remy, because, you know, he, he might be part of the office, but he's also a mainstay wrestler. He also used to train at the school. So people will come to him, frustrations, disappointments, what they think they deserve. You know, why did they get the belts? Why didn't we get the belts? And it's like, because I said so. You know, I'll pull the trigger when I feel it's warranted. You know, we were discussing... The no limits division, you know, the tag division, the women's division. And we were talking about everything. And, you know, he has people that he likes maybe more than I do. Not saying I don't like them, but he feels, hey, maybe they should be here instead of here. You you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, he sees things, you know. A guy that he may not like personally, but he he feels he's doing all the right things is Brett the Threat. You know, he worked with them recently, you know, again in Arizona. They work with Dom's promotion. Right. So, you know, and, and Brett likes to boast about things. Well, you know, when Remy and Brett wrestled, Brett probably had one or two matches under his belt. Yeah. And... You know, let's see how Brett handles a super heavyweight like Cal Jack. And then where do we go from there? Because with him, he's he has earned himself a spot at Survival of the Fittest, Brett the Threat. But is there a spot? You know, right. and, and that's what people don't understand. It's like, just because you should be on the show doesn't mean you will be on the show. You know, right. we got we got to we're putting things together. And now where is that slot? You know, for example, where's the slot on Friday? Okay. Well, we got something changed. So Cal Jack and Brett the Thread is now a submissions match at this show. Okay. We got Matt Vandegrift against Jay Vidal once again for the No Limits title. Death Proof and TBD back together for a match. You know, because those guys have been back and forth. They've been doing a lot of good stuff in the singles thing. You know, yeah. Jacob Austin Young right now, one of the front runners for match of the year with Davey Richards. You know, Absolutely. Uh, Cody has a long history as a singles wrestler. 
You know, him and Jake, both former No Limits champions, both tag team champions. You know, Cody had a great match with Hammerstone a few months back. Yeah. So, you know, sky's the limit, you know, in that match. First time TBD and, and Death Proof, they've been in the ring together, but they've never been in a, in a setting where it's just them. Right. And Hammerstone's defending the belt. And Gregory Sharp's defending the belt. And Nick Xander's got a promo. Whether he's having a match, we'll see. Because there's only so many matches you can have. You right. know, Damian Drake is scheduled to be on there. You know, Viva Van. And uh, a, a newcomer, uh, Rochelle Riveter, who wrestled at the uh, the women's show, uh, UWW or UWN, Thomas yeah. Company, yeah. Uh, at Sahara. And Alice Blair, and it might be a three-way. Uh, I've been working to try to find it. I wanted to do a tag team match. And I, I've been uh, shut down. Uh, maybe, maybe I waited a little too long, but, you know, Milo and this girl Johnny Robbie and uh, Gypsy Mac of all wanting to come out here, uh, but th- they're all they're all booked up, which is understandable, you know. Right. The, the show was you know five or six days out when I, I reached out to them, but sometimes you have to do that because you're trying to fill in spaces. Of, sure. Okay, what do, you, what do I need here? What do I need there? You know what I mean? And it's like. You're trying to get certain guys on. You're trying to bring people in. You know, I told Sky High, you know, I know Mondo's wrestling again, but don't worry about this show. We got that tag match already. You know, be ready August 6th. You know, we're going to incorporate you into that. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go. You know, I try my best to communicate with those guys that are main roster guys. But if I need somebody, uh, you know, whether it's a Kid Isaac, a Jeffrey Excellence, a Duke who doesn't work every show, but he does get booked out. So, right. you know, you, you try to make sure the people that you need, when you're putting together a show, you don't just expect somebody to show. Right. You know what I mean? Especially when they're not regular regulars, because right. a Hammerstone's not just showing up. You know, I have to talk to Hammerstone. He has to agree, and then he comes in. Right. You know, Graves isn't driving all the way out here just to say hi. I, th- I think sometimes when Graves even drives here, getting him to say hi is is not easy in itself. Um, so when you then take into consideration the week of, and you've got all these different um voices coming to you and, and asking about you know where's my place how do i fit in am i on it um how delicate do you have to be as not to make the talent feel that they're underappreciated or joe's being a dick or anything like that but making them understand the point that you fit in on this particular show here, but like kind of like you said with Sky High, you know what? This one, you're good. Next one, we're gonna utilize you. Is that just kind of a juggling act that you you kind of have to play uh, on a consistent basis? And does it ramp up in the week of to where you're getting more people reaching out to you, kind of going, you know, hey Joe, I'm available, or hey Joe, what's up? 
Well, you know, we have what is the student page, but on the student page, we got guys who just really aren't students anymore. They they regularly wrestle, but that's the easiest way to communicate. Sure. So I try when we get the information, hey, these are the upcoming dates. And some people who I do appreciate take it upon themselves to say, hey, I'm available this date, this date, but not that date. I joked one time, it was like, uh, I forgot who it was. And it was like, there was four dates. And it's like, hey, I'm not available the first one, the second one, or the fourth one, but I'm available for all the rest. And it's like, uh, you mean the one out of four? <laughs> you know, I, I understand what you're, what you're trying to say, but, you know, you're really not available. And the thing is, like, we posted the first three matches everybody sees. You see, if you're on the flyer, you already know you're on the show. So don't be on the flyer and now tomorrow, Wednesday or Thursday, be like, oh, sorry, Joe, I'm booked. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, I put the flyer out two weeks ago. You didn't say nothing. Right. You know, like today I was I was on the on, on Messenger, you know, hitting up a couple people you know, to verify their ability, uh, availability because I got some ideas of some things I want to do and want to make sure that of the younger students, when there's this, uh, uh, not a big role, but there's a role that I need on the show, I'm going to try to give it to the person who, because a lot of those younger guys are, are, are pretty equal. One might be slightly better than the other. You might need a heel. You might need the face, whichever it is. But if I have two spots and there's six guys and I haven't seen you for three weeks, right? I'm not giving you the spot. Now, if there's nobody better for the spot and I need you for the spot, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that slide because I always still want to put the best possibility. But a lot of times when there's six guys at the level that they're at, whichever six guys you use, it, they're interchangeable. Same result. You know, yeah. They're basically used, you know, as... It's enhancement. Enhancement. enhancement yeah. You know, you need them to fill a role. You know, things like that. Hey, do we got a segment? Hey, we need security. Okay, let's make sure we got, you know, some guys that are over five foot five, 130 pounds. You know right. what I mean? You know, unfortunately, that leaves out Danny. But other than that, you know, most of the people should be good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, for the record, Joe, who is taller, you or Danny? Well, what's I'm way taller, number one. Even Bodie's way taller than him. <laughs> and that was last year when Bodie didn't even have the growth spurt. Now Bodie's bigger than a lot of people already. Yeah. Oh man, um, you know that that's good. Uh, good uh, segue into uh, talking about a team like the Suavecitos, who you know we, we joke a lot about them because they are, without a doubt, two of the I'd say nicest people, but very determined, very uh, hungry. You know, two of the what people? They're two of the nicest people, Joe. Come on, man. They're nice. They're polite. But <laughs> Ricky's very Ricky's polite. <laughs> All right. So putting that aside, 
but when you have a team like that, when you have two guys like that who are very passionate and <laughs> and are trying to you know wrestle other, I love that. Too. I love that word, passionate. That's always usually like you know the rotten egg that you're trying to justify the way they are. It's because they're passionate. Well, you've had conversations with them where it got passionate, right? Oh, numerous. The last show I had a good one with them. But how does and, that how, do, how does that work for you? Like, you know, because you you don't want to discourage them, but you also want to, you know, keep them in a in a um, at a point where they know like, hey, you're valued. It's just that you know, I, I can't always give you the championship matches over and over and over and over because that's, of course, what you want. Over but the problem over. was they had gotten the championship match and Danny was still yapping. So it, it's like, you know. And again, yeah, you, you call it passion, but you also have to understand. See, I know Danny and I like Danny. You know, yeah. I think he can be stupid at times. People who don't know him and book him, and they book the Suavecitos, obviously they're having success outside of Vegas. So I'm pretty sure they feel comfortable or he feels comfortable yapping to me. But I guarantee you he's not yapping that way to Dom at Phoenix Championship Wrestling. Right. And if they tell him, hey, guys, thanks for coming from Vegas, but I got these two new guys, uh, Toa and Juicy, and they're going to beat you in 40 seconds, he's not going to walk out, refuse, and leave. You know what I mean? He ain't going to like it, but he's going to do what he's supposed to do. And not that I've had issues with them not doing what they're supposed to do, but, you know, I hear enough squawking every day. You know what I mean? It's like it's easier to use somebody who's not going to squawk. You know, it's like, you know, they feel their upper echelon. We ain't no BT, whatever. Okay. Now, Sky High, on the other hand, they're probably frustrated at times, but they show professionalism and appreciation. Not that the other guys don't, but it's both. And it's like, they understand they got to buy their time. And whether they like it or not, they understand they need to go out there and they need to prove me wrong. They need to prove everybody out there needs to prove to me that they're ready for what they think they're ready for. Sure. If I don't think you're ready, well, it's my company. So right. if I don't think you're ready, I'm not going to put you in that position. But I'm also going to hear certain things like yesterday, Remy brought up somebody that, you know, normally you, you wouldn't really bring up. And what's funny was a couple weeks ago uh, when Cal Jack ended up having to pull out of the weekend shows, uh, Kid Isaac teamed up with Bodie against Death Proof. And right. Jacob Austin Young wanted me to know that he was very impressed with Kid Isaac, his timing, his positioning, things like that. And now yesterday... When we were talking, Remy brought up, hey, need to make sure we get something for this kid. He works hard. You know, he does things. 
You know, he'll be in the pre-show match. He'll go back and do the music for us, things like that. And it's like, hey, be aware that this is a guy that, you know, he's doing because it, you, you need people to do the dirty work, the grunt work. Yeah. You know, it, it's not always uh, you walk in and you get the glory. You know, yeah. you, you go in there and you're going to, in most cases, bump your ass off to make somebody else look good as we're pushing them. But your job is to make them look good. But eventually, when you keep making somebody look good, it makes you get that opportunity. You know, I always tell the story of Bryce Harrison. You know, people brought him up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so we had a fray match. We had him in, top rope, missile drop kick. He hits somebody. He gets up. Somebody, boom, hits him with the finisher. One, two, three. He's in there for 10 seconds. You know, and two, three years later, he's our No Limits champion and our wrestler of the year. And it's like he earned his way in and by having those matches made him get put in bigger situations. And he was the guy who ended up working Austin Aries and Paul London and Matt Hardy. So, you know, that's what hard work does. You know, we were also having that conversation you know, about, you know, people feeling, oh, this star comes in and that guy gets him and not me. And it's like, and he brought up, well, you know, if you go to West Coast Pro, you know, Titus Alexander is going to get that, get that spot. Deservingly so. Well, in FSW, right now, a Matt Vandegrift or Jay Vidal are getting those matches. Right. You know, be, beforehand, you know, it was a different situation when Chris Bay was coming along and Kevin Cross was coming along and, you know, Lacey Ryan got Tessa Blanchard. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not bringing in Davey Richards to wrestle a low card guy unless it's to position something because you got to take into consideration the cost and, and all the other stuff. We did a tournament. So I thought, hey, what a great match, Davey Richards versus Jacob Austin Young. I was correct. We were fortunate enough to have Davey, and it was in a tournament situation. And we had him go over, and again, he would have been more than happy to do what was needed. But I needed him to win that match because I wanted to give three other guys the opportunity in a four-way elimination match the opportunity to be in the ring with one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Sure. And Damian Drake and Cody and uh, Jack Cartwheel. It's Cartwheel. You know, got him. Now, can a local guy complain that Jack Cartwheel got in? Well, they can do all they want, but Jack Cartwheel, it's an honor to be in a ring with him, even though he doesn't have that much experience. This guy's wrestling all over the all over the all over Mexico. He's yeah. booked every week. That guy I've tried to get a hundred times, and I've gotten him four because he's yeah. he's been booked up and he's a hot commodity. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, take advantage of those situations. You know, the best thing is Facebook because you know people calling out, "Oh, I want this superstar and I want that superstar." It's like, well, then start your own company and book it. Like, I'm trying to do what's best for my company, not what's best for you specifically. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to fit you in to what's best for my company. Right. 
Um, has there ever been a situation where someone has come to you with the possibility of wrestling this person from out of state, um, maybe even someone from the East Coast or Midwest that would have to fly in? Have you ever had a situation where a wrestler has pitched wrestling someone and, you know, has said either, you know, hey, they're coming in on so-and-so dates or, uh, you know, they're able to get a sponsor to get them out here. Is there anyone who's ever been proactive like that in trying to essentially make that match happen, um, but, you know, utilizing the, their position in the company with you? and utilizing the potential of outside help getting that person in oh a hundred percent i remember uh, tyler cintron he had connections with ring of honor and he covered ach because he wanted to wrestle yeah. generally he wouldn't have gotten that match but you're you know we're doing a show and, and you're going to get him in you know you're going to take care of things you know a hundred percent you know, Matt Vandegrift made that offer uh, when he wanted to wrestle T.J. Perkins because we were talking about money. It was a late thing. And, you know, T.J.'s not cheap, you know. Yeah. So it's like sometimes he doesn't fit into the budget. And, you know, Matt was willing to give up his $10 payday, you know, to, to wrestle T.J. at the show. <laughs> I kid. It was 20 You know what I mean? No. But, yeah, you know, and those offers have been made. Uh, and it also depends on the situation. In most cases, the sponsors are actually nothing to do with FSW. And right. they want to sponsor a match. Like, Garth has sponsored a match, but the match was already set. You know? Sure. You know, MK gets involved when Sam Adonis is around, for example. Like, he right. makes that happen. You know, he, he worked out some deal. And, you know, with Sam Adonis, when they, he wrestled Psycho Clown for the Cinco de Mayo, Psycho de Mayo show. Yeah. And, you know, there was nothing out of pocket cost for me. And that was one of the best matches of the year. Yeah. You know, I love Sam Adonis. You know, he's awesome. Like, I didn't really yeah. know too much about him for a while. But it was like, you know what? genuinely a tremendous dude you know yeah. good worker knows how to get over you know does what he needs to do and you know if he lived a little better closer than the east coast in pittsburgh which the flight situation from pittsburgh to vegas is shitty yeah you know but if i'm able to get sam adonis we will just like we did you know uh over the anniversary weekend Right. You know, we, you know, MK is able to make things happen. And it's good having those people that are willing to do it because it gets MK work. You know, he he, he basically kind of manages Adonis throughout the country. So right. he'll get to be on a lot of shows. And and for you, too, is that uh, is that nice when you have a guy like MK where if people – you know, get curious enough if they never have seen them, let's say in, you know, let's say in the Midwest, you're going to your first show and he happens to be managing Sam in like Indiana. 
does that give you a little bit of the rub uh, when a person then goes on the internet and tries to look up, you know, things with MK and they can find out, oh, hey, you can watch, you know, this on YouTube and it's an FSW match. Uh, and then you can go to the FSW network and find stuff. Is that something that is kind of, uh, and not only with MK, but you also, the guys who are, are out there and about like Vandergriff, um, I mean, Chris Bay, uh, obviously, um, wrestle, uh, uh, revolver. Um, they're doing a, a Chris Bay themed, uh, you know, show. <laughs> it's like, now I know why you won't be at survival to finish. <laughs> well, if you would have right. I might've had a shot if the show wasn't named after him, he might've said, Hey, Sammy, <laughs> but you know, the show's named after him. So it's kind of hard to, uh, not have them there i guess but is that is that a nice little you know payoff of the potential of people learning more about fsw and especially learning more about these guys who if you haven't seen um you know a damian drake or a jay vidal uh or someone like remy or cody there's such a rich tapestry on the network itself um, and then also, I guess we're, 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 I'm going on a monologue here. Um, you know, it, it seems that with the talent and stuff, FSW is able to extend itself to... Um, I just lost you. I clicked the wrong button. You need to... Re yeah, I thought you're, I hit the other tab. You're back. Um, I'm back now. A, Go ahead. With a rich tapestry out there... Um, is that some? Is that something that, when you see, when you start seeing new fans, uh, whether it be at the, you know, coming to the bigger shows or coming to the arena for the first time, does that kind of make you know that what you guys have been doing for the past, you know, thirteen years, is something that is headed in the right direction in terms of what you wanted to create because you really are giving the fans, you know, superb wrestling and, and being able to discover some of these guys before they, you know, become a Kevin Cross and NXT or Chris Bay and, and impact wrestling. Is that, do you feel fulfilled in that, uh, you know, bringing new fans in and getting these guys uh, a lot of, uh, new eyes on them and hopefully fans for life. Well, it's twofold, you know, with the, with the name future stars of wrestling over the last few years, it's really meant a lot when you, we have cross and Bay and Lacey and Sefa, you know, all get signed to the major companies, but it's also when a GCW who has become a, you know, as big or bigger than what ring of honor was and yeah. they're utilizing our talent. It, it has nothing to do with FSW per se to create that fan because if somebody goes and they go to Effie's gay brunch and they watch Jay Vidal wrestle and they like Jay Vidal and now they look him up, the majority of stuff you're going to see from Jay Vidal is from future star wrestling. So now you're going to see future stars of wrestling and now you're going to go on and you're going to see Jay Vidal versus Matt Vandergriff and say, oh, shit, this Matt Vandergriff guy is really good. Let me look him up. Oh, shit, 
he's a mainstay at FSW. And you right. see all those guys, you know, and and it's it, it's almost like, you know, an avalanche, you know, it's it, it just piles on where you get somebody, you know, that's what I was looking up, the L.A. Fights show. OK, right. and it's like Starboy Charlie over Lucas Riley. Yeah, we use Lucas Riley once in a while. He's good. We just haven't used him that much. Damian Drake wrestles Titus Alexander. Big fan of Titus. Damian Drake, our guy. Brandon Gatson. Gregory Sharp and Midas Creed in a three-way. Juicy. Jordan Cruz. Lazarus. Cutthroat Cody. Sandra Moon. So all of them have gotten their start in FSW. That's a lot of names for a show called L.A. Fights. <laughs> right. Being that the main, the, you know, the, half the roster is... FSW people, you and, know, and, and that's not counting Matt Vandergriff because right. he moved to Florida for a while. You know, right. No, Jay wasn't on that show because he had some other things. He's a mainstay there. You know right. what I mean? So two thirds, not only not two thirds, but probably, you know, 80% of their show features guys we use. Half are people that we trained, and another 30% are guys on the regular. Right. So, you know, we're all utilizing the same talent. So, again, that also makes it become more difficult for bookings. So, when the West Coast has this much talent, we're all fighting for the same guys. Right. You know, like, would I love to use Titus Alexander more? Sure. Of course I would, you know, Eli, Gatson, Jordan Cruz, yeah. Juicy, you know, Midas Creed, you know, all these guys, but they're, you know, they're, there's only so many spots. Right. So, you know, you're trying to work in, you're trying to work out, you're trying to tell storylines, you know, a Mecca show is different. It's more, hey, this is a cool match. Nothing's really based on a storyline, but watching Remy Marcel versus Willie Mack, yeah, that's a cool match. Right. Watching Matt Vandergriff and, you know, TJP or Matt Vandergriff and Mike Bailey, yeah. it's it's a match to give Matt Vandergriff the opportunity to wrestle a guy who's considered one of, one of the best out there right now. You, you know what I mean? And it's like, but by doing that and seeing them wrestle those guys, Matt Vandergriff got Davey Richards, but not with me. He got him from right. an outside company. So the outside company, which is based locally in California, made the decision for Matt Vandergriff to wrestle Davey Richards because they thought he was the best option. Now, the guy who was the second best option, who was probably a regular who lives in California – might be a little butthurt, might be pissed off. Like, right. they brought this guy in from Vegas to get the match with Davey Richards. And just like you have to do what's best for you as a wrestler, I have to do what's best for me and do what I feel is, is the best match for that show. Yeah. You know, uh, years ago, I had uh, a Mecca, the last one before we... Uh, was it the last one? I think it was the last one. 
was Pentagon and Phoenix on the last one? Uh, it was Pentagon and Phoenix was the the one before the pandemic one, so okay. it would have been 2019, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we're putting together the show, and at that point, we didn't feel that we had a marquee tag team to wrestle Pentagon and Phoenix that could go. So we ended up doing a, a three-way: Chris Bay and Douglas James and Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Now we needed something for Pentagon. And Kevin Cross, who was a mainstay, obviously, in FSW, he was booked elsewhere. And I'm like, hey, bro, the Mecca, you know, we we threw some names around. And Kevin really wanted to wrestle Pentagon. And he was willing to change his booking and say, hey, you know, I'm going to stay at FSW and I'm going to wrestle Pentagon. Yeah. I personally felt that was not the match that I wanted to see with Pentagon Jr. And I ended up going with Matt Seidel. Yeah. Because of the Evan Bourne, you know, Airborne, everything. But unfortunately, Matt Seidel had a lot of knee problems. And he was far more grounded at that point in his career. And he was an impact at the time, and he was utilizing the third eye gimmick and things like that. And at the end of the day, cost-effectiveness, taking care of your own, Kevin Cross should have gotten that match. Yeah, And, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that. Because the match that I was expecting, maybe in 2015-16, it would have been the match that I wanted. But it ended up being a match where Cross may have drawn more eyes. It would have made a guy who was a pending superstar who was all about FSW, you know, more bonded to what we did. And he understood the reasoning for it. But again, I'm pretty sure he was disappointed. You know, you know, we're talking about possibly, you know, cross returning in October. Uh, You know, I saw he he called out our FSW heavyweight champion, who's also the PCW champion Hammerstone uh, at an event last weekend and they have their next show on a Friday night, October 21st. So I hit up Mr. Cross about, Hey, you're already in Cali. It saves a little on the flights. You get the booking, bing, bang, boom, and talk to him about the 22nd. He is available. And now we're trying to put together a package of, you know, maybe uh, one day is natural born killers. And one day we have the Mecca. So, You know, it's also becomes cost effective. I got cross on two shows, two polar opposite shows. So different, different fans, you know, we we have got the core of talent for natural born killers out here already. You know, we saw with TJP and Jacob Austin Young and even Robbie Litt and, you know, and Tito Escondido and great. Brett the Threat as well. Brett the Threat, Tom Lawler. It's like, so cost-wise, you know, we don't have to go, you know, 
flying in crazy amount of guys, you know, Ryan Taylor, you know, these guys are all accessible. Jeff Cobb, if he's not in Japan, you, you know what I mean? Love to have Jeff on a, uh, an NBK show. And yeah. the money that would be saved on those flights, you know, when you got to spend five, 600 on a flight, you got five or six guys you got to fly in. That really eats into the budget. You know, for Natural Born Killers, we really like more so that intimate feel. Like Silver Nugget, Sam Sound was out of the question. That didn't have the vibe. Silver right. Nugget might, but I prefer more of the, uh, you know, smaller venues. Everybody's packed in, you know, as much as if we knew Moxley was going to be there, you know what I mean? Like we could have right. done a bigger arena, of course. But, man, you got 270 people who were like, shit, I was at that fucking FSW arena. And I probably got 270 more that are like, oh, I can't believe I didn't make it. Right. Or I had people when they heard Moxley was coming out, like on Facebook, like, oh, how long is you going to be there? I could drive down there now. And it's right. like, yeah. Yeah, and then you're also going to have people, you know, 10 years from now uh, saying they were there, but they weren't there. You know, you, you also get that extra – Kind yeah, of, it's uh, like the last Elvis concert. Everybody was there. Everyone was there, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, there there is a definite advantage. Um, and and you talked about that more intimate feel for natural born killers. Uh, you know, has it has it ever crossed your mind of uh, you know possibly doing that in uh, say a bar setting or? you know, maybe a, a smaller venue that is more of a an adult-themed, you know, thing where it's you're getting the fans who would appreciate that idea of, uh, you know, hey, I could have a couple cocktails. and I want to really... do it at the UFC Fight Zone thing they do. See, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. Is it, do, do you the have... The biggest that... bad boys presents... Natural born killers, only twenty thousand, bro. <laughs> Put it on the tab. Where's Simon Street when we need him? Yeah, yeah, we got to. We'll max out his credit cards. Twenty k, twenty k. Yeah, like I can't believe you know that's a nice intimate setting. It'd be great, but unfortunately, these places you know price themselves out of there to what we'd want to do, you know. We were talking with the Tuscany, and they were willing to do the venue. But it was like, hey, yeah, you got to do your own lighting and sound. And the, the lighting and sound rental costs more than the rental of the Silver Nugget. Right. But it already has the lighting and sound. Right. And it's like we got 14 and a half foot ceilings, which we can't use for a wrestling show. But for Natural Born Killers, we sure can. Right. And it's just like, well... You know, you priced yourself out of it. It's a tough venue, and it's a ballroom, so it's not like this cool vibe. You, you know right. what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, we're we're always looking and we're trying, but it's really difficult. I see New Japan, and not even New Japan, but New Japan Strong is running at Samstown. You know, obviously Samstown will open the doors for the big big budgets. They're not opening the doors for the local yokels, right? 
um, when you look at, I, I know you brought up um, level up. Let's let's use them as an example. You've done something with GCW. You've uh, done something with Wrestling Revolver. Has there ever been talks with doing something with uh, B-Boy, uh, being that, you know, San Diego and Vegas are fairly close, close enough drive to, to for the guys to make? Um, or if not his promotion, another promotion, either Cali or currently in Arizona with, with Dom's promotion, has there been any talks of doing, you know, some kind of uh, invasion type angle or, you know, company, company uh, versus company uh, type of angle? You know, very little conversations. I talk with Mike Rain about Best of the West. They, they might be coming back out here. But if they do, we might do a joint show with them. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. we can try, but, but it's, it's difficult. Best of the West has their fan base in California. FSW has their fan base in Vegas. GCW has their fan base throughout the United States. Right. So that's a no-brainer. You know, doing that show helps us way more than it helps GCW. But right. it helps GCW because now their guys get double booked in Vegas. Uh, it's a high-profile show in Vegas for us which makes it a high-profile show for them to be on. You know, yeah. when, when you look at that show, it, it, it was considered a big deal. It was probably our show of the year, you yeah. know, and it had a lot of polar opposite stuff in it, you know. With with B-Boy's promotion, you know, we don't really use many guys from there. So when they come here, they're going to know Jordan Cruz as a mid-card guy. Sure. So, you know... Sure, it's easier for us to go to Arizona because guys like Sharp and, and, and Remy and even a Hammerstone, they're presented as big deals. Right. Their younger talent coming here, you know, we, we love Blair Brody, but he's still in a low-card situation that right. nobody's buying into it. People are going to be like, oh, shit, FSW versus – PCW Arizona, our fans who are going to come or our fans who are going to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. While with GCW, we saw it just when we ran the one show that had Jordan Oliver on it against Hammerstone. Right. And uh, Leo Rush, I believe, the Changing the Game show. And yeah. then we had Stefa and we had Bay. So it was guys that, you know, had name value. So the GCW fans were like, oh, fuck, we're coming a day early or a day late, and we'll come and watch this show too. Like I said, was the catalyst to doing the FSW GCW show, where right. people come into town, they make a weekend of it, AEW weekend, you know, uh, you know, SummerSlam weekend. You know, you have to see when those, those opportunities are there. You know, you don't want to do an EDC weekend. You, you right. know what I mean? It's like, you have to find things out in advance, things. Uh, I know uh, GCW, we're already talking. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be in our, uh, Los Angeles September 23rd. Well, that means September 24th is a Saturday. And right. September 25th is a Sunday. 
Well, if GCW decides to come to Vegas and run the Saturday night, then maybe we can run the Sunday. Because the one thing that these companies don't want to do is, like with New Japan, strong. It's more of the U.S.-based one. Well, right. what FSW guys or former FSW guys work on that show? Well, Chris Bay works on it. Danny Limelight works on it. Tom Lawler works on it. The 1% work on it. Uh, you know, Tito Escondido works on it. Bateman works on it. But if they have a pay-per-view, which is on the Sunday, they're not going to let their guys work Saturday and see them somewhere else first. Right. But if they did the show on a Saturday, we'd be able to piggyback and do the show Sunday, which is what we did with Ring of Honor in a lot of occasions when we would use some of their guys. They were okay with it Saturday, Friday, Saturday show we did Sunday. They weren't okay with it if we did it before then because they want to make sure they're maximizing, oh, well, I could go see them over there for 40 bucks. Why would I see them over there for 90 bucks is how they look at it. And it's like, they got their fan base. You know, when Ring of Honor was hot, it didn't matter if we ran or not. We all drew well. Right. You know, but they're very anal about that and protective. And, you know, I, I do, I understand it, you know. So it's like, we have to do things that benefit us. And, yep. you know, best of the West, doing a joint show, sure, it's fun. You know, we're not looking at it as it's going to be this huge money maker, and oh, we're going to pack Silver Nugget. No, it, it's it's a nice uh, FSW arena show. You know, Sky High represents them with the tag titles, which we did in a match. At at a, it, it was no other reason than hey, you know what? I like Mike Rain. We're doing a, a show with a few other companies. You know, hey, let's let's throw Sky High in the mix and and give them the match on that Sunday and have them defend the belt. And maybe there's a few people out there who's like, oh, I wonder what Best of the West is. And then they go check it out. And if they like it, they watch more. If they don't, then they won't. Yeah. <coughs> uh, speaking of, uh, what are your thoughts on Ring of Honor having a pay-per-view, uh, you know, on the 23rd, this Saturday, uh, with uh, basically no – actual television or no real buildup for any of the matches no television doesn't mean anything but they're no buildup it's like they don't need television for ring of honor they have aew they got sure. two shows and it's like you know it, it's an afterthought like i don't you know get it you know and it's like okay you're gonna have gresham and lee moriarty I don't, I don't, you know. Oh, no. Gresham's wrestling Cesaro for the belt. Oh, they changed it. Well, Moriarty actually. So, again, this is this is that, that point of the buildups. And, so, they actually did Moriarty versus Gresham on Rampage this past Friday. And then it was announced Gresham was going to wrestle, you know, Claudio uh, for the title. And people picked up on the fact that Gresham came out. He was on dark doing tapings with no ring of honor title. Interesting. So, yeah. So there, there, you know, there's this, this theory that essentially he's dropping the belt to Claudio. Like um, old WWF tapings when uh, the guy didn't come out with the belt. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or they did come out with the belt. Like, I think Lex Luger, uh, a couple of the tag teams, they came out with the belts, the Rockers. The Rockers. And then they ended the up uh, not having them win the belts. Yeah, the Rockers was the big one because of that. They, you know, they, that, that's why you do what Impact does. They have the pay-per-view, and then they tape TV. Right. Like, so you couldn't tape Rampage after the Ring of Honor stuff. You could even have did it at the, the pay-per-view if you wanted. Yeah. Or after the fact. Instead of, you know, thank God Claudio didn't wrestle. They would have introduced him as the Ring of Honor champion. And that you know, and and of course it's speculation, but it, well, I'm going to put all the money I have in the bank. I'm going to see if uh, my my bet online has the uh, Ring of Honor pay per view. Because of you, I am going to load up every dollar I have, and I'm going to bet on Claudio to win. Well, uh, Rocky T, I'm glad you have the uh, company now. Uh, and Joe, where are you staying? <laughs> My house is paid off. Thank you very much. Oh. But you know, it's it's just interesting because, like, um, you know, the big buildup was, or I guess, kind of buildup is Lethal versus Joe Samoa Joe for the the television championship. We haven't seen Joe for six weeks. I think he's nursing an injury, and. Lethal has it's like NXT Joe. Yeah, he wins exactly. the title and you never see him again. And then he, you know, he'll probably just you know end up dropping the title. I would assume maybe. Um, maybe the maybe Cross is going over there and he's going to beat him for the title to get it back. But but you know that's a that's a good point is that you have um, you know you have people that you're kind of building up and then you do nothing with it or you have them beat on AEW television. You know, it's just a weird thing to see that treated something that was at one point so hot was literally just kind of purchased out of the idea of having a library so that they can negotiate a streaming network deal potentially. And you're still trying to run a pay-per-view and they want $39.99 for the pay-per-view. You know, I, I really thought him purchasing Ring of Honor was a good move. I still think it's a good move because, man, you're going back to the heyday with a, with a Punk and Samoa Joe and Danielson and Lethal, you know, and Gresham. You know, you have the new school Ring of Honor and the old school Ring of Honor and all those guys, it isn't like WWE where you're getting guys that are 55 years old. You're getting right. guys that are now in their late 30s that are still going, mixed in with the younger crew that came in that yeah. made Ring of Honor what it is today. You know, bottom line is they got sold at a bottom basement price, probably, because they were ice cold. They weren't. They didn't run during the pandemic. They allowed GCW to take their spot as one of the top companies nationally. So I would think Tony Khan got a great value. And by already having those main guys under contract, and it's like, I get it. 
if you, if you move them to this thing, like the Briscoes. So they're going to wrestle FTR, and then I read that the build-up promo, they wouldn't even allow the Briscoes to be seen in any way, shape, or form on TNT or TBS, and they had to put that build-up in the YouTube. And yeah. from what I read, you know, FTR, they, they put that down as not one of their favorites, but the fav- their favorite match they've ever had. And they've had some great matches. Yeah. And, and, you know, but Ring of Honor has the Briscoes. It has Gresham. It has Lethal if it wants. It has Danielson. It has all these guys. They could bring in Austin Aries if they wanted. Sure. You know, other than the guys who signed with Impact, they're all available. Right. And you want to talk about the heyday. Well, the heyday wasn't five, six, seven years ago. That was that was big time for them. But right. 15 years ago, man, those guys became household names and some of the biggest stars in professional wrestling today. Yeah. Like how do you how do you waste Jay Lethal? Well you leave him on Rampage. Make him a star in Ring of Honor again then. Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing that what confuses me is that if you purchased it, you don't necessarily have to be the one uh, booking it, or, you know, and put put someone in charge of it, like structure it. Call, I'm ready, yo. I'm ready. I'll t- I'll take it over. You know, it's good. Brian Cage comes in. I would utilize him. Yeah, you know he's he's that guy. You know he's the big guy who can do a lot of cool shit. You know, well, and you've and you've got it. Looks like he's with the Tully faction, which now has Gresham. It looks like so you kind right. of now have has a, him as the, now he's the number two singles guy in the group. Well, but it feels like a hor- a horseman type of thing, because you know Gresham would be essentially your flair because Cage would be. Kind of your uh, your muscle, your and Lex then, Luger, Barry Windham. Yeah, that's that's exactly the the. No, uh, nobody's Oli. Nobody's Oli though. No one could ever be Oli. <laughs> Maybe Brian Cage is Paul Roma. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have to play that one for Cage. <laughs> I love Paul Roma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't work. It just did not work, man. Nobody knew uh, him in nobody knew him in Atlanta. Pretty wonderful. Once everything settled down, pretty wonderful was a big deal. Well. They yeah. were a good tag team. They got over. Paul Roma no. could work. But you know, that's he's a funny thing. motherfucker, though. I'll tell you that. He's I mean, he's he's great. Um, but what's interesting about it is that idea that fans sometimes will reject. If it's a known faction to them, the certain additions of people to that faction. Look at the NWO and the WWE was the dumbest fucking thing possible because you ended up having to just put in guys like Booker T who never had any association with the NWO and it made no sense at all. So is that something you think about too? It's wrestling. You can make everything make sense if you just tell the story. 
Well, and, but but what happens if the fans reject that because of the fact that they have an emotional attachment to something that has been, you know, was great for five years, but now it looks like you're just trying to plug in pieces. Well, that's what it is. See, Paul Roma was never presented as anything but a mid-card guy in right. WWE. He was a low-card guy with Jim Powers. And one of my favorite tag teams, and I, 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 I'm I, trying to get one of my tag teams to do the power and glory finish. Yeah. You know, that, that's I got to talk to Sky High. Hey, guys, you want to be the champs? This is what you got to do. You know, I, I've offered anybody if they could do a 450 leg drop the No Limits title, so. Damian Drake, listen up. There's your challenge, bro. I, I put it out there. Maybe Bodie, you never know. Bo Bodie might but, be. But able yeah. To. So, it, why would it succeed with a guy who was not really known, and he wasn't a main guy in WWE or WWF right. at the time? Let me tell you something. If they signed Macho Man back in the day and brought him in as the fucking fourth horseman, people would have went berserk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's all it's all relative. You know, you can't take a guy, it's like, hey, I'm going to have Hammerstone, and I'm going to shock the world, and I'm going to have, you know, Jordan Cruz... He's going to come in and he's going to beat Hammerstone to be the heavyweight champion. That's why. That's how I'm going to get Jordan Cruz over. People are going to be like, "What the fuck?" Right. Because he hadn't had a chance to simmer and build. It takes time. You you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you know, look at Sean Ricker, Eli Drake, Max. What is it, Max Dupree, Dupree. or something like that? <laughs> I can't wait to see Maxine Dupree. I swear I'm hoping it's Ricker in a wig. That's same thing. I, I It will be so disappointing if it's not. <laughs> because I think that storyline is horrible. It was the conversation I once had with uh, Eli Quick about managing, and he wanted to manage one of our low-card guys. And I'm like, it's not believable to have a manager who doesn't win. I don't like that. So besides the fact that, we're on a wrestling show, and we got to watch Monsoor and Mace do a runway modeling gig. That is embarrassing, to be honest with you. And then you have them probably not winning matches. Right. So now Ricker, Eli Drake, L.A. Knight, Max Dupree is now – not a manager of champions. He's not Bobby Heenan. He's right. a manager of losers. Where do you go from that? Like, yep. how do we make you a winner now if you're always presented as a loser? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's, and, uh, you know, that idea of it, it would be great to see, um, to see that as Maxime Debris, as, you know, it's supposed to be his sister. At least I'd get a kick out of that. Right. And it also would be funny because of the fact that we have the whole Ezekiel and Elias thing going on. So why couldn't it be Ricker's, you know, sister? 
you know, and and you and you commit to just this idea. No, that's that's really that. Um, because you're right. It's so it has to be entertaining to some extent. And so far, it's one of those things where you just kind of want to hate it, but yet you just want to see them just invest so that it's it's so ridiculous that you want to see more of it. Well, with uh, with Ricker, I look at it and I laugh because I cannot believe how ridiculous it is. Okay, with Ezekiel and Elias, I love it. Right. I just wish Ezekiel had a brother like Earl Hebner did with Dave Hebner, and they did that switch and they held it for that moment. Like yeah. that has to go down as one of the greatest moments of all time. Like, oh shit! It's a, it was the twin referee that we would never know. Like, we know it's not, I guess, or it could be. That's why we're still kind of waiting to see if yeah. we can get Ezekiel and Elias, and they've done a good job with the screen. But again, maybe it was Ezekiel, and maybe it was Elias. You know, you know what I mean? And, right. and people, people are literally digging it though, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like. Well, and, it's and either the, that or watch Seth Rollins lose to Cody Rhodes for the fourth time in a row. The, and and I think that one of the best things I Ricker is is probably one of the best at it. Kevin Owens is is great at it. Um, we're seeing that even uh, you know Zeke or, or Elias, uh, he's great at it. The commitment they put into whatever is handed to them is I think what makes it so interesting. Whereas you're seeing right now, I'm seeing Mason Mansur, and I'm I'm just wondering. It's like, eh, it doesn't seem like they're really buying into it. But 100%, Max Dupree, Ricker is Max Dupree. Like everything Sean Ricker does, he just buys into and you believe it. And I think that's a key. A lot of guys don't do that. You know, I, I I get it. I don't know how much he's really into doing it, but he's on the main roster, and, you know, that's what he wants. But, you know, did he envision signing with WWE, being on the main roster finally, and never wrestling? Is he never going to wrestle? Is he, is, are they just making him a mouthpiece? You know, it was similar to Davari when he came in, you know, they really didn't utilize him until they had to break up him and Muhammad Hassan. And he yeah. didn't last that much longer because he ended up managing Kurt Angle after that. And that's right. what they saw him as. And right. they saw Sean Davari's value as that. Right. And, you know, we, we know Eli Drake, Sean Ricker can talk his ass off. The minute I saw him for the first time, we were like, oh, man, this dude's going to make it. Like, he's got all the tools. And, you know, underrated as a wrestler, go watch his FSW match with uh, Roderick Strong. Solid match. Yeah. You know, people gave a shit. You know, it's kind of like the cross thing. You bring him to the main roster and you kind of, you know, cut him off at the at the legs. To where you're not giving him the opportunity to succeed. But then you get a guy like Baron Corbin who's, who gets a push and fails. 
Then they give him another push and fails. And then they try to give him a third push. Yeah. You know, they did that in the past, you know. And obviously, you can see they like him. He now runs the uh, developmental in, in Albert. Yeah. A-Train. How many different? Tensei. They, they, they gave this guy TNA with test. And, 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 like, every time he would fail, they would give him another opportunity to get on TV and give him a push for a while and see that it fails. Yeah. Yet other guys, they do the opposite. I always say about Wade Barrett. Man, he got that Nexus thing over. He was over. And then they cut him off yeah. and made him get buried by Cena. Then it was like, oh, you're going to be bad news, Barrett. All of a sudden, the crowd fucking loved him. And then they killed that, too. Why? But the, but that's, that's my point, though, is that Barrett was committed to whatever they gave him, and he made it work. Now, whether or not they want to keep it, is a whole different story because that's, you know, that's a, now you're talking, you know, the, the promoter and, and Vince being the person who goes, yeah, I don't feel like this anymore. Boom. It's gone. But the, but the talent himself committed so much that it made it over it. You know, Kevin Owens is helping this angle between Ezekiel and, and Elias because of the fact that, his reactions and and him like looking like he's thinking he's going insane because there just might be an actual Elias has made it so entertaining, but he's buying into it. He's committing into it. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that a talent can do is regardless of how crappy it might be on paper, if you bring something to it, you can at least get something out of it yourself. Might might not be what you saw yourself as, but you're bringing your talent and showing that, hey, I can make a character work. It's now up to you, you know, the, the, the promotion of the character and the fans to, you know, receive the character. How many, how many characters have fans liked that like you said they kill them off and it's like why what happened what was the deal um and it's just it's just amazing to see that and in your mind do you ever look at your guys and and you know potentially cut something off when you're seeing the audience is is really into it have you ever had that situation Okay, you kind of broke up a little bit. I know you were asking me about say it again. You, you were kind of going in and out a little bit. Sure. Uh, in terms of having a talent who the fans start getting into, but you decided, you know what, I'm going to pull this. Have you ever had that where you just you pulled something that the fans were starting to to really appreciate? I really couldn't hear you. Okay. Like I, I got to the point, and then when you got to your point, then it kind of jumbled again. So have you, are you have talking you ever, about uh, changing characters and stuff? Yeah. Have you ever had anything where, where the audience might have been into it and you pulled it or you know changed a, a character that the audience was kind of getting into before they got to see it? 
No, because the difference is with me, I'm not really creating your character. You're kind of your character. I'm Damian Drake. I'm Remy Marcel. Remy Marcel took it upon himself to go from the froke, you know, hey, fun-loving, charismatic dude to, to where he felt it ran its course. And right. if I'm going to have another run, I can't be the same thing. By being the same thing, there, there's no, what are you investing in? It's, it's the same character. You know, you have to grow into things. You know, Cody, he was the same way. You know, Funny Bone's the same character. He, you know, he bulked up he, and he's a different version of himself. But like a Remy and a Cody, you know, Cody went from being the fun-loving jobber, chub guy, crash test to the, you know, leader of the Illumina. You know, he was the original Dark Order, you know. Right. Cody's had different runs as different character types that... He's changed up the persona to make him continually viable as a, a top roster guy, you know. And sometimes you see guys that, you know, try to do things and they may not, you know, like what they got and try to change it up and totally change their name. Like, you know, we never thought Tommy Danger was anything more than MVP light. And put things together, and we were involved in it. You know, me, Remy, and Sugar Brown uh, about creating how that Sugar Brown character is. But that's rare. You know, right. most people come in, and it's like, you know, even the younger guys. Hey, I'm Raw Reese. That's his gimmick. Now his character. Now we try to tweak it and improve upon it because he's young and inexperienced, and. Uh -huh. You know, or Ricky Tenacious or Brandon G. Or, or you look at some of these guys, you know, some have to rely on their character. Some have to rely on their, their mic work. You know, Juicy's a big motherfucker. He just has to rely on his size and, and killing people. Right. You know, Toko Uso came in very quickly and very inexperienced and rose to the top of the tag team ladder because they were larger than life. Right. And they played the part, and the people bought into it. You know, I always tell about, I, I always talk about when the day Kevin Cross came into my facility. And once we got him working on a show, the persona that he had, he then had on the independence, he then had in AAA, he then had an impact, he then had an NXT, and he was hugely successful in all they started with it in wwe and then they decided to change it i've never seen a guy go from the start of his career to basically making it big time with the same, the same. persona character gimmick than kevin cross becoming killer cross and that's what he is and that's what he is today he's that same maniacal psycho dude that you'd be afraid to like walk into an alleyway and see you, you know what i mean yeah. it's like that's that's kevin and that's his persona and that's yeah. why disco loved him and disco pushed him to conan and conan loved him and then impact with sanjay and all those guys 
that they were like, oh, this guy's the real deal. And Regal and Triple H. It's like all these names I mentioned, can they all be wrong? You know? And it isn't because Kevin Cross is going to out-wrestle you and put on this great drop toehold on you. It's what he brings to the table. And everybody brings different things to the table. And sometimes what brings you to the table isn't really what you want to do. You know, Nick Dinsmore was a great wrestler. Eugene was a goof. But to this day, he's always Eugene because Nick Dinsmore can't command a hundred bucks at a show. But Eugene, you know, he's making a couple thousand dollars. If Eugene shows up with his reverse U and it's Eugene and, you know, he made a living as Eugene. Despite the fact that he's a great seminar, he knows he was a head trainer at OVW. Yeah. You know, like he knows his shit. But the, the character he portrays was the money. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, nice little uh, conversation today. Of course, everything uh, this week leading up to uh, Friday the 22nd, uh, you know, FSW Arena, 7 p.m. Get your tickets if you're out of Vegas, if you can't make it down there. FSW Network, six ninety nine a month. And, uh, you know, high octane, new beginnings. We're going to see a lot of action uh you know, especially looking forward to Vidal versus Vandegriff uh, again being, you know, where yeah, do you it, go? It's number four, not like Brian wrote uh, number three. Yeah, you don't only count the title matches, Brian. You also count one of the match of the year candidates from the year before. And, and there you go, Brian, uh, getting a shout out, the, the right. last was it Las Vegas uh, wrestling wrestling scene? Yeah, yeah. So uh, check that out too, if you guys uh, if you are not familiar with Vegas wrestling and uh, you want to learn more about it, uh, Brian does some really nice writing uh, and and covers every show that happens here. Um, so uh, check that out. Even, but- even the even the shitty ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, yeah, and I don't know how he does it, man. That's that's a lot of wrestling to be covering nowadays in Vegas, and of course, you know, it all points back to FSW being the crown jewel, uh, and and putting on the best show. We're number one. We're number one. (laughs) So check out uh, check out New Beginnings uh, this Friday, twenty second, seven p.m. Pacific time. And Joe, uh, you know, have a good rest of your week. And uh, I'm sure you'll uh, probably be, you know, on your devices for uh, the next uh, 72 hours until uh, <laughs> until it's finally uh, showtime and everything's done with. So, well, you know, hopefully by next week, I can actually say the air conditioning unit has been replaced and it works. So <laughs> fingers crossed. You know what? Uh, at this point, uh, Suavecitos have a better chance of becoming tag champs. I might have to move in with them. <laughs> they 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 probably know uh, they probably know uh, a person or two that can uh, you know 
find an air conditioning uh, unit uh, and install it uh, for for the cheap, shall we say? Uh, hopefully, <laughs> you never know, you know. But is what it is. You know, we look forward to more Suavecito stories. You know, I heard rumors. I heard rumors. I was talking with Remy yesterday, you know, looking for that Evan Daniels return. Woo. Oh, boy. Here we go. That That's, you know, we, we get excited and then it doesn't happen. We get excited, then it doesn't happen. I know. Gotta make it happen. Right. There you go. Remy, Remy versus Evan Daniels. There you go. He wants it so bad. Oh, Remy's not going to like that. Okay. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in. And uh, have a good rest of your week. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.